Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. I'd like to welcome all old and new subscribers. You're very welcome. Please check the three dots menu at the top or look along the bottom row until you see a little cog icon. Click that and then click the word higher quality or the word advanced and improve the quality of the video if it's blurry or if it's a bit fuzzy. Improve the quality of the video to 480, 720, or 1080p, whichever is the highest that your device allows. Today, I am continuing a prophecy that is very similar to the one that the Lord gave me about almost a month ago. This would be the most recent prophecy I put up called The Woman and the Bottomless Pit. So if you haven't yet seen that prophecy on the blog, The Master's Voice, or if you haven't seen the video, kindly make time to visit that one before you continue with this one. However, this word is a standalone word in that the Father has brought this theme forward for a very long time. I think it would be in 2014 that the Lord started to speak to me about the man who is the subject of this prophecy. And so what he says in this word basically builds on things that he has revealed about this person, who this person is in terms of biblical timelines and in terms of biblical subject matter. And it would be very important for us to understand that as we live now in these modern times, there are people among us who don't only carry one role. In terms of God's overarching take on how he plans to roll out the end times and how he, God alone, will order all things, it would help us to be aware that there are people living now in our times, meaning that we are not waiting for them to be born, but they are living now in our times and at the Father's revelation, they will carry out certain things and they will hold certain positions among humanity. And those positions have a very heavy weight. They have a biblical weight. And so whenever God is revealing such people to me, even if he did not in the past, as he begins to reveal more about them and he begins to disclose to me who they are, I always take the time to be mindful that God is speaking of things that he wants me to understand will be within my lifetime. I've shared on this channel many times in videos here and there as the Lord moves my heart that the Lord has a peculiar way of showing me something that's not easy to see, for instance, and something that has um, very far-reaching consequences in terms of where it fits in Bible prophecy. And then he will end that word or that conversation by saying to me, you will see these things with your own eyes. So one of those prophecies, for instance, that I have not made a video for, and I will not make a video for it unless the Lord specifically tells me to, in one of these prophecies, the Lord lifted me high above what I think was the Brooklyn Bridge. And I saw many, many people here in the United States. I'm not sure if I was seeing as if the whole world, including America, but I definitely saw here in America, not only in New York, but in all the states of America, I saw people walking around and in the middle of their heads right here um, I think it would be the crown was 
just the most disgusting sore that I have ever seen in my life. Um, the, the prophecy on the blog is called the noisome pestilence. So if you want to read that, you can go and read that. And I saw people with this horrible, horrible sore on their heads. And this sore is mirrored in the book of Revelation where it says that any person who takes the beast's mark will be marked by that sore. So it was very weird for me to be here in modern times among modern infrastructure that I can recognize from my everyday life. And yet I'm looking at people on the ground carrying this sore and this sore could not be hidden. It was the Lord's intention that you would not be able to hide this sore. I don't know if the sore, it, it could not heal. It was always rotten. It was always wet and it, it was alive, meaning that as soon as the body tried to, um, as soon as the body would naturally try to heal itself, you know, uh, you get a scab, you get that black scab that shows that, oh, you know, if I had a mark or a scratch, that thing is starting to heal. And you always notice because the edges scab over, that sore would not scab over. It, it, it moved, it ruffled itself like it was very gross. I've spoken of this before and the sore always stayed enlarged. And no matter how you combed your hair, your hair, no matter what you did, your sore was visible and everyone also knew and were aware that they had that sore, that that sore was not a medical condition. That sore had not been caused by any kind of sickness or disease upon the earth. That sore was a direct curse and mark from the Lord upon all people who took and accepted the mark of the beast. And yet there I was, I was alive. The Lord did not show it to me and say, see the times to come after you have passed from this life. No, he showed it to me and showed me the people who had it. And I saw them and it seemed as if everyone, not only in America, but in the world had this sore. It was very hard to find a person who did not have this sore? And I say this because I would like to make just a general observation that I made here in this prophecy. I will read the prophecy, but I just like to make a general observation. And that observation is about balance. There's an, there's a great fascination that people have with prophecy. The longer the Lord has me doing this, especially now that he has me doing it publicly, it's very different doing it publicly than how it was before when it was just the Lord and I, and he would share his heart, reveal what he has to say, and then tell me, write down what I say. Sometimes the Lord will speak to me in a very long conversation, and then I write it down afterwards. But sometimes he will say, take your scroll and write down my words, and then I write it down. But I find here that sometimes the desire to hear and understand and seek out prophecy is so overbearing. It is so overwhelming in the hearts of people that it has become almost a fascination in itself. And what that does, the danger that that, that has is that it precludes balance from the Christian life. Here's an example. If you come to a channel and you hear that nuclear weapons are going to be deployed against your country, 
let's just say the United States of America, because that's one thing that this channel has said many times. Nuclear weapons and also weapons, ballistic missiles and other types of flying weapons that I, Celestial, do not know how to identify will be deployed here. If you're a housewife or you're working at the bank or you're working as a personal trainer at the gym and you have what is an unhealthy and unbalanced fascination with Bible prophecy, meaning that you're constantly reading it to the exclusion of everything else in the Bible, you will find that with time, your personal life may also become unbalanced. I get mail from a lot of people and just from the things they say and the way that they speak, I'm able to discern if this person has a good grasp on understanding and desiring to hear the Lord's end time words or if they hunt after these things to the exclusion of everything else. Please understand that the rest of the Bible has not fallen away because God has started opening end times mysteries to his church. The reason that God is bringing these things forward is love. No matter how comfortless you may think prophetic words are, no matter how strong you may think they are, no matter your opinion on the fact that you do not think that they are balanced enough because they don't talk about the Maranatha part that you really want to hear, understand that it is love that moves the Father to bring out the truth of the end times. And that love is simple to discern because if somebody does not love you, they will not tell you the truth. When I'm teaching, I tell people all the time that love has been put forward in our culture today to the exclusion of everything else. In fact, love may or may not include truth nowadays. People may tell you things because they feel that if they tell you the truth, it will hurt your feelings. They may assume, perhaps rightly so, that you are too fragile to handle the truth. I've also said that I do not like to speak about my personal life and the way that I personally interact with the Lord God. But while I was seeking the Lord this morning, the Lord spoke to me and said to me to say something that I will now say on camera. God says to tell whoever is watching this, whether you're watching this today when I put it up, whether you find this three months or three years from now, as long as the channel remains. God said to me, Celestial, tell them, that I said it will cost them everything to follow me. And this did not surprise me because in my own life, the only thing that the Lord has not taken is my breath. In my own life, it has cost me everything to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It has cost me everything to accept his commission. It has cost me everything to now be at the point in my adult life where I am doing what I am doing on camera in front of people that I don't know. The Lord says that his friendship is costly. It is not this sugar-coated nonsense that many people, especially speaking to people who may be viewing this in the United States, have been sold. There's something curious about food in the United States. When you go to the supermarket and perhaps especially now in the age of what we call prepping, when you decide to take food that is in a can and maybe you're a label reader like I am because I don't want to unknowingly ingest more toxins than I have to. If you read the label, there's a lot of food that you don't think that should contain sugar that does contain sugar. I always see these two words, corn syrup 
corn syrup. You find corn syrup as an ingredient in things that in real life, if you plucked them from the field, do not contain any sort of sugar except the natural sugars that you might find in beans or corn or soybeans, of things of that nature. And this puzzled me so much. But as I began to become familiar with and study the spiritual landscape in the United States, I think it makes sense. Corn syrup is a part of Christianity in the United States. Corn syrup is going to church Sunday after Sunday and being told that God's got something great in store for you and that God is your buddy and your best friend. He's the reckless love guy, the guy who will run over the mountains and hills chasing you. Corn syrup is such an ingrained ingredient in what people call faith in this nation that when they hear God speak in his real voice, they can't handle it. Everything in them rejects it. They refuse to believe that God is actually speaking to them because how dare God talk to them without corn syrup? Pastor Bob and Sister Mary Brown and Elder Clemens always brought the word of God to them with corn syrup. There was always a pat on the back after even a word of rebuke in the church. If God brought a sermon through the man of God to say, stop sinning, put away fornication, stop having affairs, stop being adulterers, stop being thieves in your lives and robbing me, Afterwards, there would always be a big, large spoon of corn syrup administered so that people don't feel bad and so that they perhaps will come back next Sunday. If that's the type of Christianity that you are used to, whether you're 60 or 70 watching this or whether you're my age or younger, this channel is going to pose a huge stone of stumbling before you. And God is okay with that. The Lord says that friendship with him is costly and will cost you everything. So all I can say is, as you come to this channel and you complain that it's hard and you complain that it doesn't say that your righteousness will save you, when in real fact, you have no clue if you are actually righteous, according to the tenets of God's word. Meditating on the scripture recently, I focused on the story of the Pharisee praying next to the publican. And the Pharisee stood there pretty much dressed like I am now and said, oh God, I thank you that I am not a sinner like other men. I thank you that I know you and I thank you that I know your word and I thank you for ABC and blah, blah, blah. The other man stood further back from the altar and he beat his breast and he said, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the Lord asked of the parable, who do you think was more righteous? And this is the question that I will pose here how do you know that the righteousness you claim actually involves you? How do you know that you have pleased the father to the point where he can peer and say, I know you. I 
actually know you. You are a friend of God. I have prophecies on the master's boys that are so heavy that as I wrote them, I felt like sacks were on my back. And I said to the Lord, Lord, is there really nothing else that you will say concerning this? I have it in print that his answer was, and I quote, do not comfort them. Do not speak any kind words to this people. Write what I give you. I have prophecies where after I finish, I feel a release from the Lord to add a word of comfort, a word of encouragement, sometimes a word of caution, and you will find those things after the prophecy has been delivered. And there are times where I have written, the Lord told me not to say another word. Therefore, thank you for visiting the master's voice. This is a place for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not a place where I deal in corn syrup. At this stage in my life, I have been given a very heavy commission. And I must say that I thank the Lord because when he first began to do this work in me, he removed the corn syrup from my mouth. He took out the spoon. He took out all the things that church had taught me. He took out all the mixed beliefs that I had imbibed from almost 15 years in the house of God. He removed those things so that he could feed me the truth. And yes, it may have been bitter in my mouth, but it's now sweet in my belly. And so I give you exactly what I have received, nothing more and nothing less. To those who know Christ, he will confirm his covenant with you. And when you hear these words, you will be able to practice balance which is that no matter how strong and heavy they are, because your identity in Christ is confirmed, not by your puffed up sense of self, but it is confirmed by the witness of his spirit in you. That even if he decides to take you home, not via rapture, but via one of the methods that I read out on camera yesterday, you are still able to voice the last words in the book of Revelation which is even so, Lord Jesus. Come. The reason that Mary was chosen to birth the Savior is because there were not a lot of words in her mouth. The only words in her mouth were, be it so unto me. I read the prophecy, the Assyrian. I received this prophecy just a few days ago on the 8th of May. That would be yesterday morning, actually. Here is the verse for the prophetic word. Indeed, the Lord will throw you away violently, almighty man, and will surely seize you. He will surely turn violently and toss you like a ball into a large country. There you shall die, and there your glorious chariots shall be the shame of your master's house. So will I drive you out of your office and from your position, I will pull you down. So the way this prophecy and vision started off is that God woke me up and he was talking. At times I wake up and the Lord is 
already speaking and I just have to slot in and catch up. This has been happening a lot to me recently and I'm working to put these messages out as fast as I can. So the Lord was talking to me and the person he was talking about is Barack Obama. He said that Obama will be the final president of the United States. He also used the word king when he was speaking to me. And what he basically said is that whether or not Obama will actually be called president, it does not matter. He said this man will be afforded all the primacy, which means the complete leadership and headship. He will be given all the power, all the protocols, and all the presence of a real president of the United States. And that he will be the final ruler of the USA, regardless of what title he actually calls himself. The Lord repeated a phrase that appears in almost every prophecy concerning Barack Obama. He said that Obama will crush the United States to powder and that he will rule the territory with an iron fist. As a result of this, there will be great loss of life in the USA. And the Lord says that this will come from something that the government perpetrates against its own people. He called it domestic terrorism, which will be a roster, a whole setup of evil deeds that the U.S. government will perpetrate against its own citizens. The Lord said that there will be extermination programs here, ways of killing people that are so clever and so ingenious and so hidden that many people in the USA will die without even knowing that their death was not their fault. Now there's times if you go out and you drive drunk or you go out and you take drugs or you do things that lead to you losing your life. Sometimes even eating very poorly until you destroy your temple and then they tell you that you have some incurable disease and you only have a set amount of time to live. You are able to understand if you have that car crash in your final moments, or if you have that overdose in your final moments, or if you hear the words, you have this and you have that and we give you three months, you have the knowing that you have caused your life to be shortened. But the Lord says that the things that the U.S. government will do here will be so cleverly hidden and so well played and, and threaded into daily life that there will be people who die of the things that they do here without even knowing that their death was not their fault. God says that it will not be because they have ill health or because they have bad genetic tendencies or because they were following a poor diet or being reckless. He says that they will be killed by their own government. He said that there will be pogroms in the USA, Celestial. If you don't know what a pogrom is, please Google it. He said that people will die because of government procedures that have been in place over the years and that new ones will continue to be put in place. And here's why. I announce to you here by the prophetic spirit of the Lord that the U.S. government is engaged in what God called mass culling of the American population. The U.S. government is thinning the herd. Now, if you don't know what culling is, I've spoken of it in a past video. Culling is where you have a mix of strong animals, okay animals, and weak animals. If you want to have a herd that is mostly strong animals, 
what you do is that you find ways to get rid of the weak animals and then you try to breed the okay animals with the strong animals to see if you will get strongish animals. But if that doesn't work, then you have to update your strategy and you have to find ways to get rid of the okay animals and the weak animals until you only have strong, really strong and super strong animals. And that is how you maximize the gain of your herd. This is perhaps why some of you, if you grew up in areas in a rural background, this is why you might have noticed that your grandpa, who was a farmer, would sometimes turn up at your house with a young lamb and give it to you as a present and say, he's not going to last the winter if I leave him out in the field. So I brought him for you and your brother to play with so that he can be a pet. Because your grandpa knew that if that lamb had to do what all the other lambs do, which is walk for five miles or 10 miles to where he wants them to eat grass, that lamb is not strong enough to do those things and will soon die in the field. So he brings him to your house to give him a better life expectancy. Nobody is going to be bringing anyone anywhere to give them a better life expectancy here. God is warning, whether we want to accept it or not, that the government people are living under here in the USA, the government that they are trusting, the media that they are trusting, things that the Lord spoke about in this prophecy, and I will get to it, are part of a overarching and completely encircling plan to cull the population and thin the herd. The government will see to this, says the Lord. And in no, at no time in U.S. history will this killing reach its height than when America comes under the end times rulership of the man known as Barack Hussein Obama. The Lord says that Barack Obama is the king of fierce countenance. The end times ruler that is spoken of in Daniel chapter 8 verses 23 to 25. He will succeed to the throne of America. I hope you are listening. America is a country that picks its leaders through democratic voting processes. However, when you use the word succession, it means that no vote will be used for the leader to come. Whoever is in the place will simply be removed, they will abdicate, or they die, and then the throne is given to the next in line without consulting the population or asking them to have a say in who their leader will be. The Lord says that in a time where officials are elected, Obama will be a king, a monarch, an end times dictator. And this will be the irony, for he will rule a nation that has hated the monarchy. He will be an absolute ruler. And by the things he does, many in America will perish. Says he will not pretend to be democratic. And he will abandon all pretense of a normal America. America will become a totally different country when this man takes power. He will make war against the church and the holy people of God. His hand will be strong against them. And he will prevail. He is the beast of the revelation. He will be strong and prevail. And this is what I said when you have come up in a church culture that always gives you the word of God, but follows it with comfort and a pat on the back, you become used to being told the news almost like a doctor. Here's the good news and here's the bad news. 
And yet among those who listen to this channel are mature Christians. You can be a mature Christian and you could be only 21 years old. And then you could be 65 or 47 or 39 or 71 and be still immature in your heart, your views and your expectations. When you read the prophetic books, here's an example. Moses is about to die and God says that Moses cannot cross into the promised land. That's a bitter blow to Moses and God didn't give him any corn syrup. God said, you messed up at the rock the second time. I know you did all this for them and for me, but you're not getting in. Moses didn't complain. He didn't say, I don't believe this God and I don't accept it because it's not loving. And so Moses is standing there in this painfully ironic position in that he's led the people right up to the edge of victory, but he cannot enter in. And he's reading out to them their history and all that they have done since they left Egypt because the fathers have died and the children have not been properly taught by God their history. And so Moses is telling them their history in the book of Deuteronomy and he's telling them what the curses and the blessings will be. And one of the things he says to them is when you sin and depart against the Lord, you will know his punishment is upon you by this characteristic. The Lord will pursue you and chase you wherever you go. And you will face times so desperate that you will eat your children. Such a harsh word. I know standing there at the edge of Canaan, they were hardly listening. The sun on their faces, gazing out into those fertile valleys and hills. A land of milk and honey, God called it. And now it was all theirs. And they go in and we begin to observe their history. And we roll into the prophetic books. And what do we see? We see that not only Jeremiah but also Ezekiel prophesied to Israel that you have sinned so much that God will punish you to the point that you will eat your children. Guess what, America? Guess what, person viewing this from Australia, England, Belarus, Haiti, and everywhere else? They ate their children, and I guarantee you they had no corn syrup to go with it. It is not every prophetic word that the Lord brings that needs to pat us on the back. God is looking to raise up a mature church, a church that will unplug from this almost insistence that they be comforted and that if they cannot have comfort, they don't want God. The Lord will stand before each of us in his glory. For he said to me yesterday, I will draw all the nations to the plain of Megiddo and there I will destroy them. I hope we understand that whenever the Lord says nations, he's actually talking about flesh and blood human beings like you and I. The Lord says that the beast of revelation will be strong in the United States and that he will destroy both church and holy people of God. The Lord says that people will be killed by the government of the USA for no other reason than population control. And he says that it will be done very successfully because of the high level of trust that too many Americans still place in the system. He says the system in this country is woefully corrupted. It is selfish and deadly. It is a system that has already been taken over from within. A system that has failed them. 
Yet he said to me, Celestial, they continue to trust in it with all their heart. And they believe the pawns of government and completely downplay and ignore the voice of the Lord. This channel has five prophecies where the Lord said that whether you're in America or whether you're in Asia or whether you're in Africa, wherever you are, that if you are a child of God, you should not take these various injectables that are being given and insisted on by the governments of the world. He said that if you belong to him, you should not take these things because he called them mechanisms of death. He told me they will kill themselves taking this and they will reduce their number greatly. Yet there are people, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, and even now some bringing forth their little children, walking into doctor's offices and taking the advice of people who are already corrupted from within the system. People who get kickbacks every time they recommend that you should get surgery you don't need. People who give you medications that destroy your liver, spleen, and kidney, all because they're trying to heal your eye. And you sit there and because they wear a different type of white, you believe them as if they were Jesus. And you ignore the warnings of the Lord that are being given by people like me and so many others who actually do not stand to gain anything by warning you. The Lord says that an American doctor has more clout and power than any true pastor in America. That a real pastor preaching the pure and unadulterated word of the Lord will still be ignored in preference for anyone who is wearing a white medical coat, whether that person actually knows what they're doing or not. He says that American society is aberrated. The word aberrated means to be full of holes, to be full of defects, to be full of abnormalities, and to become twisted away from the natural, straight, and expected course. So he says that because this nation is aberrated, the hearts of her people only love wrong and deviant choices. Defects and abnormalities exist in the society because they first find their origin in the hearts of people who only make choices that come out twisted and far away from the normal pathway. The Lord does indeed have his people in this nation. But I say to you that many of the people who name the name of the Lord do not know the way of the Lord, nor do they love the Lord of the way himself. They have mixed and corrupted their faith and they follow this fictional being that I always write about on the master's voice. The person that Apostle Paul spoke of before my birth. Apostle Paul called him another Jesus, but I call him Santa Jesus. Santa Jesus is a butler who waits upon the people in the church. He exists almost like a genie to grant wishes. He's never angry and he doesn't judge sin. Whatever he sees wrong, his response is, I know your heart. He will never bring judgment and he will continue to bear with the sins of all the nations until the end of time. The only problem is that Santa Jesus does not exist. He will soon be removed from his throne and he will be cast down along with every other God 
when real Jesus arrives to take his place. And so I will end with the vision of the Lord that I saw right before my eyes as God was still speaking to me. And then the Lord became silent and I was able to observe this vision in full. I saw the Lord on a very high mountain. I didn't see him climb the mountain. He was suddenly on the mountain and he took Barack Obama up to a very high peak. And it was very windy up there and the Lord was huge. He was so, so tall. And Obama was just a normal human size. And then I looked again and Jesus had somehow downsized himself to a more human side size. So he had come down closer to the size of a man, but he was still bigger and taller than Obama. It was very windy up there. And I saw the Lord's mouth moving and he was talking to Obama, but I couldn't hear what he was saying. But I could tell the conversation was serious because Jesus was gesturing. He was moving his hand as if toward Obama and then back to himself. And then occasionally the Lord will point out. And what was out beyond the cliff where they were standing and where I was standing watching this were all the kingdoms and the tribes and the tongues of this world shining in the distance. And this was in broad daylight. So as I looked out at the kingdoms, they were sparkling very pretty, like little diamonds in the sun. And the Lord was remonstrating with Obama and Obama was very angry. He was so, so angry. He's a black man, but his countenance was even blacker. You know when a person is enraged and they get purple and black underneath their skin tone because of how much rage they have. He could not answer the Lord, and so he did not say a word, but I could see he hated having Jesus speak to him. And when Jesus finished speaking, he did not give any indication of what he did next. He simply finished his last sentence, and then he reached out and laid hands on Obama. And Jesus rolled him up into a ball. Now, I don't know how a human being can be rolled up into a ball. All I know is that the Lord moved like lightning and laid his hands on Obama. And then Obama's head just bent down towards his knees and his knees and his legs came up and he was suddenly in a fetal position. And the Lord did this with him and flung that man over the cliff so far into the distance, so far that he went flying. And I did not see where he landed. But the knowledge was put in my heart that wherever Obama landed, he splashed on the ground and his blood spattered everywhere. And the Lord stood looking out from the cliff over the nations. He was silent looking at them. And then he turned around and he looked at me and I was standing in a small cave at the mouth of that cave watching. And he didn't say a word. He just started heading down the cliff and I followed behind him at a respectful distance. And the Lord says to me, the time of Barack Obama is now. Soon, even now, he will arise on the scene through unexpected means and he will take over the rulership from within. This is the word of the Lord. I said in the prophecy yesterday, that to those of you who are struggling to understand the symmetry between Mystery Babylon and the end times beast system, the first thing that you need to do is to let go of your thought that Babylon itself 
is any other nation except America. Babylon is the United States. This place is mystery Babylon. There is no more mystery. The Lord has opened it. What remains is whether you will accept it or not. But I'm just going to skip right over those who do not want to accept it. And I'm speaking to those who have at least understood that part. When you read Revelation 17, you find that mystery Babylon is riding on the back of a seven-headed, ten-horned, ten-crowned beast. And this beast is covered with blasphemous names. And then on the head of Mystery Babylon, as she wears her purple and red and pearls, and as she carries her golden cup that the Bible says is full of her fornications and perversions. Written on her head, it says, Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots, ETC, ETC. You need to understand that Mystery Babylon is riding on the beast's back because they are in symmetry. They are in sync. When you are in symmetry and in sync, I want you to think of a married couple that are interdependent, including during their times of intimacy. They become one. The Lord said to me, just making breakfast this morning, celestial mystery Babylon is synonymous with the beast. So understand that the America that you grew up in the America that gave you soda pop, the, American that, the America that gave you pop tarts, the America that gave you all the things that you knew when you were young is being hollowed out from within. Just imagine if I looked like me, but another person entered me walking around with my body, greeting all my friends and living my life. If you can't imagine it, remember the movie invasion of the body snatchers. I'm sure you understand what I'm saying now. The America you knew and loved, the red, white, and blue, is coming to the end of her viable life. She has been co-opted and corrupted from within by what is called the New World Order. So the harlot is riding on the back of that beast called the New World Order, the One World System. Its most recent name is called the Great Reset. Babylon is riding on the back of the Great Reset. And the way you can tell this is that all the people who are pushing for this the most, the most famous faces, are the faces that you also recognize as your political leadership. Your leaders are not serving American interests anymore. They are serving the interests of a higher, newer, stronger, much more spiritually corrupt kingdom. That is not Mystery Babylon. So even Mystery Babylon has her sins, but the sins of the beast, whom God has shown here personified as a man that he called the Assyrian, are far greater. And at the end of this partnership, after Mystery Babylon thinks that she's hanging out with the beast and the one world order comes and we all begin to live in the state that God has shown me many times will be so repressive that you cannot do anything because you are spied on. You are monitored on. They will ask you for papers. That is the dream I had this morning. They will ask you for a vaccination certificate to prove your residency and you will not be able to move even between the states until you proved it. 
the Lord gave me this word in 2015 and I wrote it down obediently. It is on the blog in one of the prophecies where in America you will be asked for a certain type of identification and everyone will be given this new identification. It will start in New York City, but it will be rolled out to the rest of the country and you have to have that new ID unless you won't be able to do anything. I am on this channel remonstrating not with those who come here with their pride, not with those who come here with their opinions, not with those who come here and think that the reason I'm here is for them to critique how I speak or whether they like my manner or not. I know where to go if I want to be part of a friendship challenge or an influencer. This channel is not here for that. This channel is here to tell people that a new reality is upon us. And if you will not change, and if you will not understand what it is, what is required to be strong and even thrive in that new reality so that God can use you and so that your Christianity doesn't wink out on you like a cheap candle, then this is a place that you can tune in and you can hear the words of the Lord without the corn syrup because I will never serve any here on the master's voice. I've delivered the prophecy, the Assyrian. This is Celestial. You are welcome. Thank you for watching. Subscribe, share the videos, do whatever you feel led to do. Just understand that you always need to balance these words with the rest of the Bible. You need to spend time with the Father. You need to worship him. You need for your prayer time with him not to always be lamenting and tears because things sound scary. Believe it or not, there is a lot of joy left in the world. If you still have a job, if you have family, if you have love in your life, or if you can simply do a kindness to someone else like the Good Samaritan, a man who was overtaken in an attack and could not help himself, understand that there is meaning and value to your life. And those things please the Father. Those things are a blessing to him. Thank you, and until I see you again, goodbye.